Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim the Wild got their training camp underway yesterday, and head coach Dean Evison spoke with the media. I, one comment he made I found kind of interesting. Uh, when they asked him what his plans were for Kirill Kaprizov in the preseason, he said, I asked him how many games he wants to play, and he just said, whatever. Uh, he said, that's different from a lot of guys who want to dictate to coaches and management how much they're going to play in the preseason. Who do you think he was talking about? Preseason suitor. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's funny. I've, you know, I, I just been, I've heard, I just heard so much stuff behind the scenes about preseason suitor being divas and difficult suitor basically has told, had told coaches and general managers that, Hey, I make more money than you. Who do you think has the power around here? Mm. Um, I, I think it's a direct shot at those guys. And it's, it's funny that they're still taking shots at him this long after, but, it, you know, hockey in general, uh, this is a gross generalization, but it's generally true. Most hockey players are pretty down to earth. Yeah. Um, and Suter and Prezi were absolutely not. And I actually think Suter was much worse than Prezi. I think Prezi got sucked into that, that Suter vortex where you act like a diva and it didn't work out real well for him. I wonder, you know, they're, I don't know if Prezi is still playing. I know Suter is, but is Prezi still in the league? Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. I wonder how it's going with their new teams. I mean, you know, they come with uh, money. Other team, the Wild are paying millions of dollars every year to not play for them. I wonder how that's uh, reacted to in other locker rooms. I think Suter, uh, I don't see Suter changing in any way. Yeah. He, might, he, he doesn't have the, the – influence he had when he first came here and he really listen when you give athletes a lot of money that you are handing them power no doubt about it yeah. and Suter really tried to use that i used to tell have people tell me that uh Suter and Parisi would like try to dictate where they would practice because you know hey i want to practice this site near my home you know i mean it's like it's ridiculous stuff i i don't think Suter's changed i just don't think he has the same influence uh in dallas that he had here Parisi, i don't see as being quite as evil as Suter, my guess is he kind of just realized, okay, I'm past my prime. I'm just going to get a few more paychecks here and then retire. What are the expectations for the Wild this season? I think realistic are they, that they make the playoffs and probably don't have the juice to advance. I just think that's where they are. Uh, the Suter and Prezi contracts are really hitting home this year and next year. Uh, they really can't afford to make any major improvements. They're really dependent on Kaprizov and, and their goalies. Um, so I think they're going to be a good team. I don't think they're going to be a great team. Yeah. Uh, I saw Byron Buxton in the lineup for the Saints again last night as it possibly rejoins the club uh, at some point here, if, if not in the regular season for the playoffs. I mean, they're going to clinch probably this weekend, maybe even tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Why not use these games just to test it out? You know, listen, I, I don't think anybody really expects it to go beautifully at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody expects him to – play day after day and have the knee be fine and then bounce back and be your starting center fielder in the playoffs and play well. But you owe it to yourself to at least give it a shot. Mm-hmm. What if he comes back and it and it isn't going well? Will they will he make the postseason roster? I would think not. Mm-hmm. He's kind of proven that he's not a DH or a pinch hitter. Um, and if he's not fully healthy, I don't think they want to mess with that. And they're used to playing without him. So I really think he's got to prove that he can play center field to have value to be on the roster. So let's say the Twins clinch tonight. That means they have about nine games or eight games left. Uh, that I don't want to say they're meaningless. No game is meaningless necessarily. But 
will they start kind of limiting pitch counts for starters? And will some guys get to see the bench a little more? How does Rocco like to handle those things? I, you know, they already have two players out, two key players out with injury, three key players out with injury, Royce, Correa, and Buxton. Um, and so I think it'll just be a feel thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, it'll, okay, this guy needs a couple of days off. Now's a good time. Okay, this pitcher wants to really surge into the playoffs. Uh, let's have him go six strong innings, but not extend them past 90 pitch. I mean, I just think it's going to be an individual uh, decision in each case. And frankly, that's the way Rocco already manages. So I don't see a, a, a huge change. Sure, sure. Uh, how's Royce Lewis? What's going on with him? Will he, will he play again? Um, I think we're going to find out here. You and I are talking here at like 12.30, 12.40 in the afternoon. I think we'll get our first update on him like about 4 o'clock this afternoon. So it might be out by the time people hear this segment. I don't know at the moment. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I, my, I guess my best guess, given it's a hamstring and not something more serious, is that they give him you know, the weekend off and see how he is on Monday. Uh, who was it? Um, Dan Hayes, I think, in the athletic, saying that Lewis told him at least that he felt a shooting pain on that mm-hmm. last swing and in that hamstring. That's usually not what you like to hear from your stars. He has shooting pain somewhere. Right. And so, uh, you know, he, they give him the weekend off. That's about five, five days off. If he's still having trouble, he can certainly get. I mean, I, I think all that really matters since they're going to clinch and since. Royce, unlike Buxton, doesn't need a lot of at-bats to get up to speed in hitting major league pitching. Um, you know, if they can just play him, if he can play a little bit over the weekend in Colorado just to prep himself for the playoffs, you know, he maybe in one day, maybe he can just play that last Sunday. Mm. I think that's really all Royce Lewis needs. Yeah. Well, we'll keep the fingers crossed that somebody will be healthy. Uh, Correa, somebody to come back in the lineup, uh, you know, of those guys. The Twins uh, certainly can use them. Uh, Vikings and Chargers this weekend, two winless teams. The smell of desperation will be thick at U.S. Bank Stadium uh, on Sunday. Uh, interesting matchup. Uh, two teams that can light up the scoreboard and can't haven't proven so far they can really stop anybody. So I need to do my podcast with Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager. We made our pick, and... He picked uh, Vikings 34-31. I picked Vikings 37-31. We yeah. both expected an absolute shootout. Um, excellent receivers, talented quarterbacks, uh, you know, high, high-tech passing offenses, you know, iffy defenses, and as you said, desperate teams. I think it's going to be a wild game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, frankly. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so you like the Vikings in a high-scoring game. Boy, that puts the Chargers in a tough spot at 0-3, in particular with that division uh, when you have uh, you know quality teams in there. I really like their coach, Brandon Staley, as a human being, but he, he's had a very talented roster since he arrived, and they really haven't done anything. I, I think 0-3 might be uh, pushing, pushing, them, pushing him toward the hot seat. Yeah. He and Kevin O'Connell are close friends. Is that from coaching stints in the past or something? They worked together on the Rams staff. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a lot of good coaches that worked on that Rams staff. Mm-hmm. And Sean McVay is still the youngest coach in the NFL, despite it's the fact he's, he's been to the Super Bowl twice. He's won it once. Uh, it seems like he's been around for 15 years, and he's still the youngest coach. It's amazing. And one, one thing that, one cliche that always gets around the sports world is experience, the value of experience, the value some people either are people. Some a lot of people are what they are. You know, ten years of being a defensive coordinator doesn't necessarily make you a head coach. Mm. And you can, if, if you're Sean McVay, 
he's basically been a head coach his whole life. He was just waiting for the opportunity to prove it. Do you anticipate seeing either of the two new guys, Reisner or Akers, uh, playing much? I still don't have a good answer on that. I still don't have a good feel for it. Um, you know, Reisner didn't have training camp. I mean, is he really ready to step in right away? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Akers, it's a pretty, he's been playing. Uh, he, he's in shape. He knows the offense. And running back's the easiest position to adapt to. So I could definitely see Akers playing. Um, oh, he yeah, doesn't have to, but he could. Reisner, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a big ask to have him come in on Wednesday and play on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, so the Giants don't look very good. I think they had like 160 yards in last night's game, which is really not many. That's a high school total a lot of times. You don't want to see a, a team with a $40 million a year quarterback uh, put up less than 160 yards. 49ers defense being terrific or not. Uh, the Giants, before the end of Daniel Jones' contract, are still going to be happy they signed it, do you think? No. Yeah. Uh, and I don't blame him for last night. Uh, that's a very good defense. He doesn't have Saquon Barkley. He doesn't really have a receiver who can stretch the field or the time to throw. So I don't think it's his fault. I also don't think he's a transformative quarterback who deserves $50 million a year or whatever he's getting. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and the Giants found themselves in the same predicament the Vikings found themselves in when they signed Cousins the first time. It's like, okay, think you have a good team, and this is the best quarterback available to you. So do you go with the best quarterback available to you, and even if you think you're overpaying him, or do you go back in the wilds and hope you can, uh, you can draft somebody or find somebody or develop somebody who's going to be that magic player? It's easy for us to say, oh, you want to just keep – Keep trying new out quarterbacks till you find the magic quarterback, but it's really hard to just accept not winning. And Daniel Jones got him in the playoffs last year, so so you see it so often that the mid-level quarterbacks end up being good enough to make a lot of money without necessarily being good enough to elevate the franchise. Is Cousins back with the team next year? I I think it depends on how the season goes, mm-hmm. but I really have trouble finding the scenario where he isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, are they going to say, okay, we're in our third year. Uh, we won 13 games our first year with this regime. Uh, we have a, a passing offense that lights it up. Justin Jefferson loves Cousins. They're productive together. Let's just go out and try the next Justin Fields. You know, it is, I, I really have trouble seeing them being willing to take a step backward to develop a quarterback. Yeah. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.